God, we are hungry for you. Um, that song is so true. And so tonight I just pray that you'd speak truth to our hearts. I would ask that I would be nameless and faceless. I just desire for your voice to be heard tonight. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, so I do want to qualify everything that I'm about to say with the fact that most of you here at some point in your life made a decision to follow Christ. And because of that, you are free in Christ. Now, there may be some of you here who this whole Jesus thing is very new to you. You're not really sure how you feel about God. And what you need to know is you can be free in Christ. All that involves is believing that Jesus came to earth, that he paid the penalty by dying on the cross for all the wrongs that you have done in your life and will do in your life. And through that, through faith in that, you can have a relationship with Christ and spend eternity with him. Now, if you have made that decision, like I said, you have freedom in him. And so I want to talk about what we have been freed from, and I also want to talk about what we've been freed to. Those are the two main things I'm going to hit on tonight. And there are really two things we've been freed from. The first is bondage, and the second is sin, um, or the things that we do wrong. Now, when I talk about bondage, I mean bondage to Satan, or bondage to the devil. And if we can put 1 John 3, 8 up on the screen. It says, he who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And so it says, the reason Jesus came to earth and died on the cross was to completely defeat Satan and to take away the hold that he has over people. Now, um, Galatians 5.1 is the next verse that I want to share. And it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so if Jesus set us free to be free, we don't want to go back under Satan's influence. And when it talks about a yoke of slavery, what a yoke was was just something that they would use to hook animals up to like a cart or a farm tool to pull it and do work, or you could think of it as a leash, basically just anything that would bind you or lead you in a direction that maybe you don't want to go but somebody else wants you to go. Um, and so I want to illustrate this, but I asked a few people to come up and help me illustrate it. So if I talk to you beforehand, if you could come on up here. Super. Let's have a hand for Yalitza and Priscilla. And Mikey is going to join us as well. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Priscilla, I'm going to have you stand off to the side just for a minute. Yulitsa is going to be herself. She's going to be Yulitsa. Um, I'm going to have Mikey go ahead and put this on because he's going to be Jesus. Yeah. Excellent. And I am going to be, here, can you hold this for a second? I'm going to be playing the part of the devil for tonight. Now, I know that the, um, the red sequins and the little tuft of red hair are frightening, but don't be alarmed. It's just a demonstration. Just a demonstration. Um, but so basically... What this verse is talking about, this yoke of slavery that Satan has on us, I have a leash to kind of represent that. And if you can hold this again. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yulitsa promised me earlier that she's not easily embarrassed, which is a good thing. Um, so now, let's say Yulitsa has never surrendered her life to Christ, and so she is still in bondage to Satan. And so basically, if I walk over here, if I walk this way, she has to come with me. Or if I walk back this way, she has to come with me. She basically has to do whatever I want her to do. And oftentimes, I'm going to lead her into things that are not healthy for her, that are going to hurt her in the long run. And so this is what bondage to Satan looks like. Now, Jesus, let's say, Yulitsa meets him, and she surrenders her life to him. 
And so Jesus comes in, and he takes the leash off. Can you take the leash off of Yulitsa, Jesus? There you go. So Jesus frees Yulitsa from bondage, right? Now, what's unfortunate is that, like it says in this verse, don't let yourselves be bound again by a yoke of slavery. What's unfortunate is that oftentimes we forget that Jesus already freed us from the devil, already freed us from his power. And what happens is Satan comes back to us, and he's like, Hey, um, hey, Elitza, I know that um, you, you're doing this whole Jesus thing, and I know that that's cool. You know, I know that you've got some friends and stuff who are, who are kind of into that, too. Um, but here's the thing. Um, you know that class you're really having trouble in? I just don't think you're ever going to be able to get it, and so you should probably just copy the answers from a friend. That would probably just be easier than you doing it yourself, you know? And I know that you really, really like your boyfriend, and so probably, you know, I, I say, you know, all this how far is too far, nonsense, you know? Just go for it. Just go for it, Yulitsa, right? This is what happens. Satan comes back in, and what happens is Yulitsa takes, and she puts the leash back on herself. And so all of a sudden... Satan gets to lead her around again, when all the time she has the power that Christ already defeated Satan with. She has that on her side, and she does not have to be wearing this leash. Okay, go ahead and take that off for me. Okay, so then the other thing I want to talk about is our freedom from sin. Not only are we free from bondage to Satan, we're free from sin. Um, and I want to put Romans 6, 6 through 7 up. It says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So we are freed from sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. So I'm going to have Yulitsa come over here now. And Yulitsa still Yulitsa, and uh, Mikey here is still going to be Jesus. But I want Yulitsa to pick up these bags of garbage over here. Can you, can you grab all those for me and bring them on over? Yeah. So this garbage represents Yulitsa's sin, but, but you're holding it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's rough. Okay, so this is Yulitsa's sin, but when she places her faith in Christ, when she has that relationship with Jesus, he comes and he takes it all, right? Okay, so Jesus, go ahead and take her sin for her. Yeah, that's good. That's some serious power, taking all that sin. Look at that strength. Yes. So Yulitsa no longer has to carry that sin around in her life. But what happens is, again, Satan kind of comes in, and he's like, hey, uh, hey, Yulitsa, again, I know that um, this Jesus was supposed to have forgiven all your sin and taken it all away from you, and that, you know, you're no longer supposed to have to, you know, be punished for it or have to, you know, live under the weight of it. But, I mean, let's be real. What you did with your boyfriend was bad. It was really bad. And, I mean... Was it really, I, could Jesus really forgive that? I don't know. And even if he did, I mean, other people are probably still going to look at that, and they're going to be like, man, that girl follows Jesus? I don't think so. You know, I, I just don't think that, that you're really free from that sin. And, you know, that whole cheating thing, that was bad, too. And maybe, you know, maybe that's still around as well. And who, you're probably going to do it again anyway, you know. So it really doesn't matter that Jesus forgave it. And what happens is Yulitsa picks all her sin back up, and she takes it back from Jesus. And she's carrying it around again. Now, this is sin that has already been forgiven. This is sin she has already confessed to Jesus. She has already let him take it. And she goes and she picks it back up 
which seems ridiculous, but the reality is, is that we do it all the time. I'm just as guilty as anybody else in this room of thinking, you know what, I, I still should pay for this somehow, or I still feel guilty about this. And so we carry this garbage around our entire lives when in reality we are already free from it. And really it makes it hard to do a lot of the things we want to do. Let's say Priscilla is Yelitsa's good friend. And Priscilla's going through a tough time. She's having some hard stuff happen to her. And Elisa just wants to comfort Priscilla. So would you go give Priscilla a hug? But you're, you're, no, you're carrying your garbage. You've got your sin. Yeah. It's kind of awkward. It's a, it's a little awkward, you know, with all the, the, the sin and the garbage. Let's say that Elisa even just wants to kind of get to know God better. And she just wants to read her Bible. Would you open that up to Romans 6 and read it? No? Is that kind of hard? Is it, is it difficult to do with all the garbage? Um, you can put it down now. <laughs> so the problem is, the problem is, is that we pick this garbage and this junk back up and we carry it around with us in our lives and we do not have to. Okay, you guys can sit down. Thank you so much. No, don't worry about it. Okay, so you and I, we're, we're all guilty of not realizing that we're free from bondage, not realizing we're free from sin, but the reality is that we are. We do not have to live in sin. We do not have to live in bondage and do what Satan wants us to do because we have the power of Christ that has already defeated sin, has already defeated Satan. So that's what we are freed from. Now I want to talk about what we are freed to. And the first thing we're freed to, um, well, I guess actually I should probably hit on what we are not freed to in order to establish what we are. Um, and I think that the reason uh, we need to address this is because our culture has kind of a skewed view of this, um, an American understanding of what freedom really is. And so I want to show another clip, and this is from a movie called National Treasure, which some of you guys have probably seen. Um, if you haven't, I'll just set it up really quick. Basically, there are two groups of people. <laughs> there are two groups of people in this who believe that there is a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And one group is good guys and one group is bad guys, and it's sort of a race to get this Declaration of Independence, the real document, and um, to see who can get it first. Later. Um, so basically, the Declaration of Independence is very important to this whole film, and really it's important to our whole understanding of what freedom is. And what Nicolas Cage's character is talking about there when he's talking about those men committing high treason, he's saying that what they were writing in this declaration was considered you know, blasphemous against the British government that was ruling them. But these men really believed that it, what was, it was what was true and what was right, and that's why they signed it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what was actually in that document. Um, some of you may remember your American history really well, so you know exactly what the Declaration says. Some of you may not. To refresh your memories, in the first few sentences of it, um, the Founding Fathers stated that there were some basic rights that they thought should never be taken away from any person. And those three rights were life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, and really, I think that this has very much shaped our idea of freedom. And a lot of times what we do is we project that idea of freedom into freedom with Christ. But I want to look at, is that really what freedom in Christ means? Let's look at the, the concept of life, number one. And I have Romans 6, 6, and 7 up there again, please. Um, if you remember when we read it before, it said, um, you know, we're no longer slaves to sin. It said that we have been freed from sin. But what the qualification was in order to be free from sin was to die to self. 
it was to crucify our old selves. And what's that ta- what that is talking about is our selfish desires, our selfish nature, our sinful nature, the part of us that wants to let the garbage out, the part of us that wants to do, you know, what the devil wants us to do. And basically, when we die to that, sometimes it's not very comfortable. Sometimes we want to do those things. Sometimes it seems easier to cheat. Sometimes it seems easier to just sin. And so the, the thing is, is that really, freedom in Christ involves life. But in order to get to that life, there is a death involved. And so really, the, there's a lot of death that we see here. Um, second concept, liberty. Um, I have Romans 6.18, if we can put it up there. And it says, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So yes, we're set free from sin, but it says we're slaves to righteousness. Now, what does that mean? Well, when I even think about the word liberty, I think, well, what does liberty mean? It means freedom. But I want to read a couple definitions for you. Webster's defines liberty as the quality or state of being free, the power to do as one pleases, freedom from physical restraint. So basically, do whatever the heck you want to do when you want to do it. Now, the New Bible Dictionary defines liberty as Christian liberty is neither an abolishing of responsibility nor the sanctioning of a license. The Christian is a slave to the law of love. That is the principle of voluntary and unstinting self-sacrifice for the good of men and for the glory of God. Let me read that last part again. The Christian is a slave to the law of love. That is, the principle of voluntary and unstinting self-sacrifice for the good of men and for the glory of God. And so what liberty is in Christ is not necessarily do whatever the heck you want, whenever you want. It is be set free from sin and bondage so that you can love God and love others wholeheartedly. That's the liberty that we are free to. So then pursuit of happiness. And I think this is a really, really big one in our culture. Because the American dream is really, you know, this whole pursuit of happiness. And I'm sure some of you have heard before that the word happy um, is not necessarily a biblical word. Um, There are concepts in the Bible um, of happiness and of joy, but they're not necessarily what we consider happiness. They're not based out of circumstances. Um, Now, happiness is not bad. Um, I don't want you to get that idea. In fact, I believe that God has a heart for us to really be um, happy in him. In fact, in the beginning, when he created the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, they were in perfect communion with him, and that made them happy. The fact that they were one with God and that everything in that garden was perfect. And so they were very happy then. And the reality is that we already know the end of the story. We know that one day Jesus is going to come back and all the sin and mess and nastiness in the world is going to end and we're going to be completely one with him again. And we'll be pretty happy then. But the reality is that right now that has not yet been completed. And so to seek happiness only apart from seeking God is not necessarily something that's part of freedom in Christ. Really, we are free to pursue God instead of pursuing happiness and in God to find happiness. And how this, get twist, how this gets twisted a lot is that the natural desires we have that are good, that are of God, become expectations and become things that we think we are due. Um, certain things like marriage. We just assume that we are supposed to be married, and once we are married, we assume that we're supposed to have a happy marriage, that we're not supposed to fight, that there's not supposed to be any illness or death in that marriage that we're supposed to just live together until ripe old age and then, you know, I don't know, die at the same moment and, you know, go to heaven together. So, but basically, when we start expecting this as our due, we can become really upset when maybe things don't turn out that way because we live in a world where we're sinful and we're messed up and it's not going to always go perfectly like that. 
we also expect that God's going to give us kids. You know, we come into a relationship with him and we think, well, God, I want to have kids and I want them to follow you and I want them to be beautiful and talented and healthy. Um, and what happens when, you know, maybe those kids aren't perfectly healthy or maybe they don't follow Christ wholeheartedly. Um, we come to expect these things rather than recognize that they are a desire of ours and present those before God. We also might expect things like success in school or success in a career. We might expect a fulfilling ministry. Even, you know, doing good things like ministry can become seeking happiness if we're not seeking God and then doing ministry because of that. And so when we expect all of those things, oftentimes we're very, very disappointed because we're pursuing happiness rather than pursuing God. And if there is one culture in the world right now, currently, that I feel like has a grasp on what it really is to be free in Christ, I feel like it's um, the people in East Asia. And some of you guys have been to East Asia, actually. I um, personally have never been there, but I have a few close friends who have spent some time there. And one of my friends was telling me about what it's like when she um, would be in East Asia and she would sit down to share with, you know, maybe a girl about how she could have a relationship with Christ. And so I want you to imagine, if you will, that you're sitting down with an Asian girl and you're telling her, okay, here's truth. Truth is that Jesus died on the cross for you. You can put your faith in him, have a relationship with him, and spend eternity with him. That's true, and you can choose to accept it. Now, if you do choose to accept that, here's what you may be giving up. Your government does not allow you to believe this. It is against the law for you to accept this. And so what may happen is your family may disown you because they may be very frightened that they're going to be harmed because of what you believe. So you may lose your family. You may never find a spouse because you may never find someone else who believes this or who is okay with the fact that you believe it. So that dream you've had since you were a very, very little girl, that may never come true for you. And on the same token, you may never have children because if you're never married, obviously you'll never have that dream fulfilled. You may never find a job, or at least a good job, because you may never find an employer who is willing to accept that you believe this. You may, at the least, be arrested by your government and put in prison because you believe this. And at the very worst, you could be put to death because you believe in this. So this is truth, and this is what's on the line. This is what you could lose. Do you choose to believe it? Do you accept it? And see, I think the problem is, is that what we do is we get so caught up and so wrapped up in this pursuit of happiness rather than this pursuit of God that we don't even really know what it is that we're surrendering to here. So yes, we have been freed. We are free in Christ. Like I said, don't carry that garbage around. Don't put the leash back on. Don't let Satan influence you like that because you have the power of Christ in you. Depend on him wholeheartedly to avoid those things. But remember what you're freed to. You are freed to death to yourself, to um, a life in Christ that involves death in yourself. You're freed to um, the pursuit of God rather than the pursuit of happiness. But it will lead to ultimate freedom, and it's more freedom than you would ever know in any of these other things. Um, the last verse I want to read is Matthew 10, 39. And it says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Uh, Jim Elliott, a missionary, put it a different way. Um, he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Let me read that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And that is freedom in Christ.